Welcome to Fully Yours, a podcast about food, the sacred, and ordinary moments of extraordinary belonging. Hey, this is Christy, and together with Chloe and Eva, we make up the Fully Yours podcast team. We're so excited that you joined us today for our first installment of Cooking with Christy. Yay! For those of you who don't know, I am beyond excited for cooking. Cooking is the way that I relieve stress. It's the way that I deal with life when life gets hard. Uh, My roommates while I was in seminary can certainly attest to the fact of me coming home after a really, really long day and I'll cook a feast. So uh, it's one of the ways that not only that I relieve stress, but it's one of the ways that I show people that I love them is by cooking for them. So I am today not cooking, but instead baking. Baking is not really my favorite thing to do just because it involves a bit more science and precision, something that I don't really have, but that's okay. We're going to learn together. And today we are making one of my favorite cookies. This is a peanut butter kiss cookie. Now, for whatever reason, I've always had a lot of affinity towards this particular cookie. It's not the holidays until I have one of these. So I'm making these because I'm hosting a Christmas open house tomorrow afternoon for my folks in my church. And so this is going to be a really beautiful way of hosting them and um, and bringing forth some love and joy. That's my hope anyway. Just to give you a little bit of background on this recipe. So this recipe comes from a Betty Crocker cookbook. Now, this cookbook means a lot to me. So when I was little, one of the things that I would do is check out cookbooks from the library and make those my required reading because I didn't want to read other books. I just wanted to read cookbooks because they were formulaic. I could just read through them, look at the pretty pictures, and uh, finish a cookbook pretty quickly. So I learned how to cook through a combination of those cookbooks and through watching uh, the Food Network, the early days of Food Network with Emeril Lagasse and Bobby Flay and all those really cool guys. Sarah Moulton was also in there. She was really, really cool. Loved her. Also, by watching my parents cook. And my parents had this red Betty Crocker cookbook. It's a hardbound cover. And a couple of months ago, my mom was cleaning out uh, the kitchen area and she said, hey, I have some cookbooks that I'm thinking about getting rid of. Do you want them? And I said, yes, can I have the hardcover Betty Crocker cookbook? Because that was always my favorite one to flip through. This cookie recipe comes from that cookbook, but I'm reading it from my own copy. Mom wouldn't give it to me, but... I'm reading it from my own copy of this Betty Crocker cookbook that I actually found at a book sale at one of my local libraries. So I was very, very excited to get it. It's a little bit different. It's a soft cover, but hey, the recipe, I'm pretty sure, is exactly the same. So I'm going to go through this recipe. I'll certainly print it for you guys on the website as part of the show notes. Um, But I am going to make some alterations because that's what I tend to do. (laughs) Um, So when I'm cooking, when I'm baking, I'm always going to sort of find a way to make it my own and let's hope it turns out. But this one, I've, I've altered this recipe quite a few times. So let's go with it. All right, so the first thing we're going to do is we're going to take the recipe from Betty Crocker says that we need a quarter cup of shortening and a quarter cup of margarine or butter. I don't really like using shortening, plus it's kind of hard to find these days. So I'm actually just going to use a full half cup of butter. So it's sitting in the microwave right now. I softened it 
quickly, more quickly than I probably should have, but it's just sitting there, so I'm gonna go and grab that. All right, half cup of butter is going into a bowl. And then the recipe says that I need a half cup of granulated sugar and a half cup of packed brown sugar. Now what I'm actually gonna do is I'm gonna do a quarter cup of granulated sugar and three quarters cup of packed brown sugar because I actually like the deeper, more rich flavor of brown sugar as opposed to all granulated sugar. And one of the things that's gonna do is make a chewier cookie as well. So we're gonna measure out a quarter cup of granulated sugar. Just good old Domino's granulated sugar. You could certainly use natural sugar if you've got unbleached sugar. So a quarter cup. And it's not exact. <laughs> you can play around like I do. Then we're gonna do three quarters of a cup of packed brown sugar. So let me get that. With brown sugar, you wanna make sure that you keep it nice and airtight. Otherwise, you're gonna have some issues with it caking together, drying out. So let's measure out. I've got a half cup of packed and then another quarter cup of packed. All right, and then we want to mix in the peanut butter. I'm using Trader Joe's peanut butter, creamy, no stir, but you can certainly use whatever peanut butter you prefer. I like Trader Joe's because there's a lot of natural ingredients, or very few ingredients, and all the ingredients are natural within it. So choose whatever you'd like, but I tend to prefer to go for something a little bit cleaner. How much is that? We're going with half a, half a cup of peanut butter. With peanut butter, it's such a pain to actually get the peanut butter out of the jar and into the measuring cup and then out of the measuring cup in one foul swoop. So I'm just eyeballing it. You really don't have to worry about being exact. What matters is that you're exact when it comes to leavening agents and we'll get to that in a few steps here. All right, that looks like about half a cup. Now we're gonna go for one egg. Right in it goes. Once we have all of our sugars, our butter, our peanut butter, and our egg in the bowl, we're going to mix those together. Now, I could do this by hand, which is absolutely fine, but I have a story about not doing things by hand and making things a little bit easier for us. So over the summer, I just recently moved into this new house and uh, I moved without a hand mixer. So for dinner church one night, I brought a bundt cake. It was a lemon blueberry bundt cake that I made by hand. I didn't have any sort of hand mixer, so I just stood there in the heat of the kitchen hoping that the butter would soften and, and I could whip it up together. It was exhausting. And so when I finally got to dinner church, I had the cake there. It was beautiful. It worked out just fine. My mentor there was like, hey, did you make this by hand? I was like, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't have a hand mixer. She was like, oh, okay. And then a couple of days later, she texted me and she was like, hey, what's your mailing address? Just, just out of curiosity. So I gave it to her. And two days later, I get a hand mixer in the mail. I'm gonna use the hand mixer today because it just makes things so much easier. But of course, you can certainly do this by hand if you don't have a hand mixer, or you can just email us at fully.yours.podcast at gmail.com 
and we might be able to hook you up with a hand mixer. All right, so I'm gonna use the hand mixer. So just bear with me, it's gonna be a little bit loud. All right, so what we're really looking for in this particular step, so we're looking for the butter to be fully combined with everything else. I still see a few little chunks of butter, so I'm gonna go a little bit longer. All right, beautiful, that looks great. I'm just gonna scrape down the sides of the bowl with a rubber spatula, just to make sure that everything is well combined. It's looking good. All right, we're in business. We are going to stir in the remaining ingredients, which includes one and a quarter cups all-purpose flour. We've got three quarters of a teaspoon of baking soda, a half a teaspoon of baking powder, and a quarter teaspoon of salt. Now, I'm gonna change just one thing out of this. The, the proportions are really, really important to stay the way that they are, but I'm gonna change up the salt. So more likely than not, this recipe is calling for regular table salt, which is iodized salt. I actually don't really like cooking with iodized salt because it tends to have a sharp flavor and it's just so salty. It's very, very easy to oversalt when you're using just regular table salt. Instead, I really, really love using either pink Himalayan sea salt or just plain old sea salt. Diamond crystal kosher salt is also a really good option, but you just have to be aware that you're gonna need to use a bit more salt than what the recipe calls for, particularly if it says that it's table salt. So. For this recipe, it calls for a quarter teaspoon of salt. I really love the mixture of salty and sweet, so I'm actually gonna bump that up to a little more than half a teaspoon of sea salt. But again, if you prefer to go a little bit easier on that, that's absolutely fine. So I'm gonna add just a little bit more than a half a teaspoon of salt. This is sea salt. Then from there, I'm actually gonna make another quick alteration to the recipe, which will certainly be printed in the show notes. So don't worry, you don't have to memorize this. But what I'm gonna do is add some vanilla extract because this recipe doesn't actually call for vanilla, but I love the flavor of vanilla. So I'm gonna go with half a teaspoon of vanilla extract. And it's just gonna add a little bit of something to it. You probably wouldn't miss it if you didn't include it, but it does just add a little bit of something something to it. Half a teaspoon of vanilla extract. Then what I'm gonna do is go ahead and add in the flour, which is one and a quarter cups. And I'm kind of eyeballing it. I'm not doing the best job with making sure that everything is exact. That portion of baking is not my favorite, but when it comes to our baking soda and baking powder, we need to be extra sure that we are being exact with that. I need half a teaspoon of baking powder and I need three quarters of a teaspoon of baking soda. So I'm going to do three quarters. All right. One of the things that makes cooking and baking really, really easy is keeping a clean workspace. Now, there's a term for this called mise en place, which means everything in place. So before I even started recording, I gathered all of my ingredients, made sure that I had everything that I needed to make these cookies before I actually started making them. Because have you ever been caught in that moment of like, oh no, I don't have any eggs, but you've already started creaming the butter? 
I mean, you're kind of stuck at that point. So instead, it's really important that you gather all of your ingredients and all of your equipment together before you even begin. Then at that point, once you finish with an ingredient, seal it up and put it away. That way you're not looking into the bowl and questioning, oh wait, did I add the salt? You'll know because the salt is away at that point. All right, so now we've added all of our dry ingredients. So we're gonna go ahead and mix this together. Now, even though I use the hand mixer to cream the butter and sugar together, I don't wanna use the hand mixer at this point because that's actually gonna form gluten with this flour that we've just added. Gluten is a protein that helps the, the dough to be stretchy and sticky. It allows for a bit of structure, but it can make cookies really, really tough. So we don't wanna overmix these cookies. Instead, we wanna do this gently. So I'm gonna do this by hand, just by using my rubber spatula. A wooden spoon would work just fine too, and that's probably even more traditional of a way to do it. And you'll notice it gets more difficult to stir, and that's okay, but we're getting really close here. All right, this is looking great. I think we're in business. Once your dough comes together, you don't want to overmix it. So just make sure that your dough comes together and just as soon as it does, gather it all in one place within your bowl. And then we're gonna go ahead and refrigerate this just so that that butter can harden up a little bit. And then when we put it in the oven, we're gonna have less spread of that cookie. If we were to put these cookies right in the oven right now, those cookies would spread like crazy because that butter is already partially melted. So we're gonna cover this up, put it in the fridge, and I'll be back with you in about an hour. and we're back. Now before we grab the dough from the refrigerator, I just want to make sure that our oven is preheated. This recipe calls for 375. One of the things that is crucial always is to check the oven before you start preheating. Some people store random stuff in ovens. I've heard of that before. If you don't use your oven all that much, you may have laundry in there. Just saying. So make sure that you check your oven before you start preheating. One of the mistakes that I've made is my dad makes a lot of bread and I have been guilty of turning on the oven. What he normally does is he proofs his bread in the oven with the oven light on and that provides a really beautiful warm environment for that bread to rise. But if I'm not paying attention and I start preheating that oven, I am cooking that bread way before dad wants it cooked. So always double check your oven before you preheat. So let me preheat, I'll check the oven. All right, we're good to go, 375. Now let's go ahead and pull the dough from the refrigerator. This looks great. And in a cereal bowl, I'm gonna combine maybe about a half a cup of granulated sugar with a shake or two of decorating sugar. Now this decorating sugar is really beautiful. It's got beautiful, gorgeous facets that are actually gonna make these cookies really shimmery. Now this particular step in the Betty Crocker cookbook does not exist, but I'm doing it because it looks really pretty. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna take about a teaspoon worth of dough. You can make it bigger or smaller. 
It's really up to you. I'm gonna roll it into a ball and then roll it into the sugar. This sugar mixture with the larger granules. All right, and we're gonna drop it on an ungreased cookie sheet. And we're just gonna keep doing this. It's important that we don't handle our dough too much because we don't wanna warm it up. We're gonna place these balls on the cookie sheet, maybe about three or so inches apart. Now this is a really fun time to get the kids involved, get their hands in the dough. Make sure, of course, that you wash your hands first. This is also a really great time to listen to podcasts, listen to music. The Fully Yours team really, really loves this band called Nako and Medicine for the People. Uh, Chloe and I actually saw them live not too long ago, and actually our logo designer, Mel, we saw them with her as well. So that was really fun. Just find a really great band that you love and listen to them, roll cookies. Or, I mean, it is Christmas, so of course, listen to Christmas music. Another thing that this sugar is going to do is it's going to provide a crispness to these cookies. They're going to be nice and soft and chewy in the middle, but the sugar is going to crystallize a little bit and it's going to make them crispy too. It's a really great texture. Now I've got one sheet tray worth of cookies. The next thing I'm going to do is take the bottom of a mason jar. I have tons of mason jars. They are fantastic tools in the kitchen. And I'm just going to press gently on each of these cookies just to flatten them slightly. This helps them to stay nice and round rather than collapsing in the oven. All right, and now we're ready to go in the oven. If, like me, your oven is not yet fully preheated, do not put the cookies in. I repeat, do not put cookies in an unpreheated oven. I should have started to preheat the oven a little bit earlier, but that's okay. So if you're like me and you're sitting there with a tray of cookies in a kitchen that is becoming increasingly warmer because the oven is on, pop these guys in the freezer. That's exactly what I'm gonna do. And I'm gonna work on the second tray. These cookies, for whatever reason, hold a lot of significance for me. And I think it's tied to one of my earliest memories. I just remember sitting in the back of my parents' car. I don't know how old I was. I must have been three or four. We were living in Virginia at the time, and I could tell that it was Christmas time because there were lots of lights. And there might have even been a little bit of snow on the ground. And I just remember sitting in the back seat with a plate of these cookies right next to me. And being strapped into a car seat, I wasn't able to reach them. So I just remember seeing these cookies in the back seat somewhere around Christmas time and thinking, man, I have to have these. So it's a nice little reflective time to, to do some baking. All right, our oven is good to go. So I'm gonna take my cookies out of the freezer and go ahead.
these are in the oven and they're gonna stay in the oven for about nine to 10 minutes. And we'll go from there. In the meantime, I'm gonna keep forming the rest of my dough. Now all ovens are gonna be different, so don't worry if your timing is off or whatnot. Two ovens of the exact same model are going to act completely differently, just the way that it is. So your best bet is actually to get an in-oven thermometer. They're very, very inexpensive, very easy to get, and that just keeps things nice and accurate when you're baking. All right, this came out perfect. Two full trays of 13 cookies each. Baker's dozen. Just gonna flatten these guys with the bottom of the mason jar, just a little bit. All right, and we are good to go. These are gonna go in the freezer while the other batch are in the oven. All right, we're getting really close here. One of the things about cooking is that if you can smell it, you're getting close. So don't feel the need to open the oven door and check on them until you can actually smell them. So we're getting, we're getting close. And you can tell because the, the cookie starts to crack a little bit and that sugar is going to provide some really great crunch. Now, in terms of the kisses, I've got a combination of kisses and hugs because I, I just love that combination. They look really great. We've got several wrapped that just need to be unwrapped. We're getting so close. All right, we're gonna go ahead and pull our cookies now. They look great. They've got some crack to them. They look fantastic. We're just gonna set these off to cool real quick. I'm gonna grab my other tray and pop those in the oven. These look great. We're gonna give them just two minutes to cool. We don't want them super hot right out of the oven. And then we're gonna start unwrapping some kisses and hugs and drop those right down into the middle. Press them into the soft cookie. And you know, maybe eat a kiss or two. All right. Once we've got all of the kisses and hugs, I think it's time to give it a try. Oh, these are fantastic. And they're nice and shimmery from the sugar that we used on the outside of the cookie. These are great. I think my congregation is really going to love these. So what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and transfer them to a wire rack when we have a chance. So these will stay good for as long as you can keep them in your house. These look fantastic. I'm so excited to share this recipe with you, so be sure to check out our website, fullyyourspodcast.com. For more information about this recipe and for all others, be sure to check out our website. Thank you so much for listening, and we can't wait to see you again. Talk to you soon. Thank you so much for joining us at the table. We would love to hear from you. 
Let us know what you think by leaving a rating on iTunes. Or if you have show ideas, comments, or just want to reach us directly, send us an email at fully.yours.podcast at gmail.com. For today's show notes, our blog, and more, be sure to check us out at fullyyourspodcast.com. Huge thanks to Steve Dry and Catalyst of Harvard Epworth United Methodist Church, based in Cambridge, Massachusetts, for their generous grant funding of this podcast. Shout out to the talented Joel Adams and Melody Stanford Martin for producing the original song featured in this podcast. Also to Melody for our gorgeous logo design and to our dream team for keeping us grounded and inspired. Until next time, we are fully yours. <laughs>